Hello. Whoa, whoa. That's nice. And welcome in to another episode of Farm to Fame, Farm to Fam. I am Kelsey Wingert. That is Peter Moylan with the golf club. That is Maddie Mass with a pink sweatshirt on. This is Peter Moylan's last time taping from his home country, his beautiful home country of Australia. Correct. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Welcome. Uh, it has been a wonderful three months at home. It, do, it doesn't feel like three months, does it? Does nope. it feel like I've been here three it doesn't months? doesn't feel like we've been in a lockout for three months. I feel like this offseason went by fast. So your season went by fast. Yeah. Well, I played a lot of golf, uh, watched a lot of baseball. had a great time. I had a really good time while I was here. But it's time to come home. How was it managing? Like now looking back overall. So it was a really, it was a really cool experience um, because we weren't able to get the import players in. It allowed for a lot of younger guys to get opportunities. And I was really impressed with what I saw. They were, they were ready to, to step up to this level. Um, a couple of guys, you didn't even notice that they hadn't played at this level before. So for me, that's exciting. But it's also, it also allowed me to, they say, cut my teeth or wet mm. my beak, wet your beak. Uh, at managing uh, in a less less of a pressure situation. Um, it was a it was a, technically a friendly series, so um, but we ended up tying. So we got two games rained out in Adelaide. So we each won we each won three games and we tied the last game. Um, we just they had flights to get to, so we had to had to finish the game after seven innings. But whole experience was awesome. Um, I learned a lot. I learned that you can't just manage the team. You've got to manage individuals as well. So mm. that was, that was a big, that was a big learning curve for me. Very deep. Well, just where I'm at, Kels. It's where mm. I'm at right now. I like to think about things on a Mental different level. Mental depth from Peter Moylan today. This early on in the air did that. This, I mean, it's, it is 8.35 in the morning over here. Mm. 4.37, which was also the time I was born. 4.37 on the nose. Mm-hmm. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. You, uh, that makes sense. You never bore a morning person. <laughs> never were a morning person. <laughs> yeah. Let's be yeah. honest. Mornings aren't my thing. Um, no. You would hate me in the mornings, by the way. My wife hates me in the morning. My wife's not a morning person at all. And I jump out of bed like somebody stabbed me in the bum with a with a pin like i'm like wow let's just go just wake up with the energy like you yes. don't fake that this is it this is and see i wish i had that i just don't have that i don't people are frustrated people get frustrated. like we go on like on golf trips and my buddies are like you can get your own room man you just do your own thing okay we're gonna sleep in and you're gonna be up at six and go for a walk and come back we're all gonna be sleeping leave us what alone. time do you go to bed depends on Depends on normally around over here, it's been like 11 30, 12 o'clock. So you're only getting six hours of sleep a night. Yeah, that's that's a good night too. But the funny thing is, like, I'll go weeks where I can go four or five hours a night sleep. But then one day it'll all hit me and I'll I'll have nothing on that day and I won't set an alarm and I'll sleep till like 10 and I'll be like, oh man, I remember those days. But then it'll be another six weeks before that happens again. Hmm. Maddie, what time do you wake up? um usually like eight but then i lay in bed for half an hour or so 
Yeah, I usually post at least once during that time. Checking Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. Is that everybody's routine now? Just reach over, good morning, and then grab the phone and just flick and see what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't before I was, like, doing it for work. I wouldn't be checking right when I wake up, I guess. But it's a nice sweatshirt, Kels. Thanks. They just came a lot of new stuff on the John Boyd Media Store. I'm all the way over here. I didn't hear about this. They got these really cool sweatshirts. I think I wore it last week, which is why I didn't wear it today. But it says John Boy Media, New York, NY. And it's the New York skyline. And it's like really bright colors. And I'm obsessed with that one. And they got a bunch of these and some that just say John Boy, some that just say Jake. Um, and then they got these sweatshirts that I, I really like. It's like this super soft, like blanket-like material. And I got it in a tan and it has the J logo really small and black. Are you, have you been keeping up with the lockout over there? I've been trying to, there hasn't been a lot to keep up with girls. I've been getting just internally frustrated with every bit of lack of news that there has been. Obviously I err on the side of the players because I was a player and I was one of the guys that got, you know, was, uh, was a little bit underdone. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I don't even know what the what the answer is. Um, I feel like the players have sort of come out this week and, and voiced their displeasure, laying out exactly what they're looking for and, and everything that they said makes sense. Um, let me go to a particular tweet that I enjoyed. While you're pulling that up, can I ask a question? Because if you don't know, just say I don't know, but yeah, why did the players not want a mediator. That did confuse me a bit. The mediator would be appointed by someone because the MLB lobbies the government, right? So I feel like the mediator will be appointed by someone that would favor the that side. I feel like if the two can just sit down at a table and negotiate one-on-one, that would make more sense than having a third party come in because they don't know what's, what fair is. They have their own personal opinions of what they think fair is, just like the owners do and just like the players do. So I, I, I really hope that the players and the owners can get to an agreement without having to bring a third party. And this is the way we've done it for, it didn't work in 95 when they tried to bring one in. It's not going to work again. You know, it's, I'm going to go to that tweet. I don't know why they don't want a mediator, but I'm assuming it's because they feel like that would be just another, another unfair part of the process that they can't control. The tweets that I saw from players, I think the players are upset because major league baseball, like the numbers that they are tossing back to the union is like insulting. I mean, they're yeah. just, it's not even remote. It's not negotiating close. No. So I think the players are saying like, you're not even like, I think they want to sit at the table with them and negotiate it. Like you just said, so they have control, a little bit of control over the situation, because if you give it up to this mediator, then it's completely out of both of your hands. But then I feel like if you bring in the mediator, like it's going to be fair unless it's something sketchy that the league has going on behind the scenes. But like a mediator, I feel like would make it as fair as possible. Maybe the players think they could get more on their own though, but. On the surface, the idea is great, right? Hey, we'll have a third party come in with no, they don't, they don't care about the players. They don't care about the owners. They just want to figure out what's the fair deal, but we know that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to have somebody that's just not paid attention to baseball in the last 50 years, make a decision on baseball for the next five years. Yeah. Like, 
that doesn't, it needs to be baseball people sorting this out. And the players feel like they've offered a fair deal. So Witt's tweet was, someone straight up asked him, what exactly is each side asking for? And he said, based on the incredible annual revenue of the league, we feel players with zero to three years of service should be better compensated. Makes perfect sense. It's what I've been arguing for since I retired. We want to fix the competitive balance so every team focus is winning year after year, and we want to fix service time manipulation. That doesn't seem like an unreasonable ask. And anybody that thinks that is an unreasonable ask doesn't know baseball. I keep saying this, and I'm going to continue to say this until I'm blue in the face. Why should the teams get the benefit of an MVP and have to pay him like a rookie? After he's proven for a season that he can play at that level, he should be compensated for playing at that level for a season. Not, hey, we've got control of you for the next five years, so we don't have to give you anything. Yeah. It's bullshit. The players, aren't the players asking for the minimum salary to be raised to 775 and the... I don't know what, what the exact number is. I don't know what the exact number is. Okay, but. I could totally be making that up or I might not be making that up. So right. I don't know, but... I thought that the players are trying to get them to 775 and the league was at, just got to like 615. What would you be happy with? Assuming with how MLB has stood this whole time, there's no way that they're getting to 775. I don't care what the league minimum is because if I just think that the people, the amount of people making league minimum needs to change. Okay. Because okay. The, the minimum salary can be the minimum salary. If you just make it into the league and you're going to be there for six weeks and you're making $575,000, then that's fantastic. But mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to make that for the first three years of your career with little incremental bumps based on what they feel your value is. So do you only want guys to get compensated more if they've won something or do you no, want- No, if they've okay. just, if they've, if they've contributed, if, if you've contributed to this team winning baseball games, you should get compensated like that. If there is a reliever on the team that had, somehow happens to sign a three-year, $15 million deal and he's having a tough season, I get that, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. But why should I get punished? Because I've had a, uh, I've thrown in 80 games for you guys and given you guys a two ERA and, and shoved for a whole season, but you're still going to pay me exactly what I made this year, even though I've given you two war value for the whole season. So do you think that there should be some kind of like formula that factors in performance that dictates what a player makes each year? I think once you have a year of service time, you lose the, you don't have to make the league minimum anymore. I think you should okay. go into arbitration from that point. And I think cool. the arbitration should be the next, you should have two or three years of arbitration, fine. But then you reach free agency quicker. You've got to get the free agency quicker because there's guys like me that at 27 years old make their debut. And then by the time I reach free agency, I'm 34. Mm-hmm. I was hoping Peter would say that again, because you said it on the last time that as it stands currently, there are players that are debuting later and therefore virtually past their prime by the time they're hitting free agency. So the entire time they were in their prime was under team control and you're not able to make the money that you should be making in comparison to the rest of the league. Correct. Now, the last time you also said similar uh, some of the comments were not fond of the idea of a guy getting rewarded based on what he had done in the past. Yeah, and that's where that's where the issue is, is because people up until the Albert Pujols contract, right? You were paying Albert for what he did in St. Louis, not for what he was going to do. In, and I understand that 
they should never ever be contracts that are 10 years long at the age of 34 or whatever it was, right? I, I get that. So the shift needs to be that money still needs to be paid out to players because they're still playing and they're still they're still contributing and they're still they're still MLB is still making money year after year. So that money still needs to be paid out to the players. It just needs to be paid out earlier so that you're not looking at, at an Albert Pool holes trying to run up the line at 42, making $28 million. So that's that's where I was going. I think right. the last time you had brought that up, it was it came off more as a if a guy's an MVP, he should get rewarded, you know, basically get a bonus for his previous MVP year. And sure. a lot of people that's didn't necessarily yeah. agree with that but i think where a lot of people could then agree and i'm talking about the comments which is you know we're not talking about hundreds and hundreds of opinions it's a smaller size yeah. but i think that your newer point of making it more clear where a guy can therefore hit arbitration earlier you know i think so if you're an mvp and you go into arbitration you would get compensated better than the current Correct. system where you could win an MVP, be under arbitration for the next four years, and then by the time you're out of it, you're past that point. But as it stands right now, you can win an MVP and a Rookie of the Year, right? Year one, and only get an incremental bump of $10,000, $15,000, whatever the team sees fit, because they have control of your salary. Now, you can reject it. I can't remember what the actual terminology is, but you can you can not accept their offer before, but you don't have you don't get to negotiate the amount of terms. It just goes on to your contract that you didn't accept this contract, but you're still going to play under this contract. So when you get to arbitration, they can look at that and go, well, they didn't accept the money that they're offering. So I think that every player in Major League Baseball should get paid more. Or explain to me the the players who aren't winning MVP and the players who aren't winning these accolades, what do you think they should be compensated at years zero through three? They should be compensated based on what they did for the year. So it's not all just about awards. I didn't win an award my first mm -hmm. year, but I had an unbelievable first year in the big leagues. Based on the new system that I think should be implemented, I should have been compensated for what I did that year. And that should be my base salary moving forward. So if I have a terrible year the next year, then my salary then goes down. This is the issue. Like it's, so it's almost like they can't, they can't have it go down. Like it's, it can go down. It should go down if you're not performing. Oh, see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, you should be getting paid based on what you do. It's not, it's, it's, it's what do you think? This is, this is something that MLB is standing firm on. They're not wanting players Am I reading that correct? They're not wanting them to get to arbitration quicker. They're not wanting people to become free agents. What was the number that somebody said? 65% or 55% of players in Major League Baseball are making league minimum. Of course they don't want to change it. Yeah. If they're standing firm on that, yeah. what's a realistic thing that you would be happy with? They have to change their opinion. That's what, that's, that's, this is why they're in such, they're, because they won't move and it needs mm -hmm. to be moved. It's, it, that's, as simple as it gets it needs to be changed yeah 55 percent of the league cannot be making league minimum they talk about they spin it oh the average salary is four something million yeah because you've got 20 guys making 30 million yeah that's why the average salary is four million look at the nba look at the nfl that doesn't even come close to those numbers i feel like the change will come if the players accept a cap okay but no players want to accept a cap they effectively have a cap with the luxury tax 
Yeah. And that is, that does work as a cap because there are only a handful of teams who that doesn't exist to them, but the majority of teams, you know, they're not going to cross that. I just have a feeling that if, if MLB really reads the room and, and dives into the court of public opinion, then they're going to have to start making decisions that they're not going to like. Because if they end up ruining the start of this baseball season, I don't know if baseball fans will come back again. Like, I just feel like, obviously, the true fans, and I'm going to be pissed off if, the, if it happens. So, and I love this game as much as anything. There, there, there are casual fans out there that are probably looking at this and going, again, like nah we're good like this is just with everything that's going on at least figure this out like it's Mm -hmm. it's not that hard to figure out what i'm trying to work through with the lockout and there could be a very simple solution that i'm overlooking but you still have some huge names as free there's still a ton of free agent signings that need to happen right Mm -hmm. so say the lockout is lifted next week those players aren't all going to sign like that day. So I feel like to be some sort of period where guys will have time to sign without having to miss any of spring training. It's almost like you have to have a little gap. Yes. I've made this point a couple of times, but MLB has been setting players up for this with the way they've stretched free agency out. They've made players wait until February and March to sign their contracts. So they're not stressing at the moment. This has been routine for the last five years. That period where guys are still going to continue to do their workouts. Nothing changes for them in the offseason. The only thing that changes is when the invite to spring training starts. So if, if they're signing the day before spring training starts, they're still going to be well and truly prepared to go to spring training the next day. Yeah, I just feel like spring training is going to be cut short already, right? I mean, pitchers and catchers report in, what, six days. days or something, five days. So... Assuming spring training is already delayed, spring training is going to be cut a little short, which a lot of players are totally fine with. If you guys want it cut mm-hmm. down by like what, two weeks anyway? I think that 30 days is enough. Yeah. Okay. So say these guys are taking a few weeks to sign and already shortened spring training, and then they're not with the team at the start of the shortened spring training, and they're getting even more shortened spring training. And we did see an uptick in injuries in that in the COVID season when guys rushed through spring training. So I'm just trying to figure out with all of these major names who are still free agents and are going to get paid and they're not supposed to have had any communication with teams throughout this lockout. So you assume right when the lockouts lifted, those conversations can pick back up if they haven't already been going through this lockout. But I just feel like there has to be some sort of like gap to allow these guys to, because it's just, when you think about it, it's just freaking mind blowing. Like these guys don't know where they're going to be living. They don't have living arrangements lined up. Like some guys are going to have to sell their house. It's, it's, it's just insane to me when I think about it logistically for those specific players. I promise you that there's guys that have already had to organize their housing because of the price that they would have had to lock in months ago, even though they didn't know whether the spring training was going to come or not. So there's going to be guys that are going to be in Arizona expecting spring training to happen. I'm more so talking about for the season, but I guess they would have a little bit of time to figure that out because of spring training. Well, every year there's a group of guys that don't know whether they're going to make the team or not. So they're the guys that are going to rush to get housing anyway. So I don't, I never got a house until I knew that, Hey, yep, you made opening day roster. So then it's like, but then they give you, then they also give you uh, a week in a hotel to be able to find a place. If you end up starting on the road, then that's great because you get the seven days that you open up on the road to have somebody else looking mm-hmm. for a house for you while you're not there. So, yeah, it's 
it's chaos all the time, but even more so this year. But I also think that, and I don't know this, but I feel like players and the players union will have, remember when they had the, they had the organized games for free agents a couple of years ago, like yeah. there's going to be a different version of that. That's going to probably be implemented if it's not at a major league field, obviously. Do you think that there are conversations happening between free agents and organizations right now behind closed doors? Or do you think that there's truly no communication going on right now? I don't know. I, I, I assume that people are talking. I just, yeah. like, how do you just cut off communication from a guy that's yeah. like a Mark Soroka? And like, you still have their phone number, you know, like you can still text them. A franchise player, potentially a number one starter for years to come, has had back-to-back -back Achilles blowouts and you're just going to not talk to him? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. Are people talking about this in Australia? Like, is this, is baseball like a laughing stock right now? No, not at all. We had some really good crowds at our games. So I feel like the interest in baseball is just, I'm just starting to light the fire down here. And they're interested in local baseball at the moment. So it's good. There's not a lot of other news happening. So we've been able to give the people in Australia some, some quality baseball news while there's nothing happening in the States. It's literally nothing happening, is it? Is there any percent chance that there's no season? Of zero, no season whatsoever? No. Oh, I don't even want to think about that, Matt. No I shot. think mine is like 2%. No, it's I haven't even, I haven't even made, that's not even a possibility to me. There has to be someone with a brain in MLB's negotiating crew that looks at everything that they built up over the last five years and how good baseball was going last year and how excited people were to watch baseball last year. Not to mention how unbelievable NFL has been over the last two weekends, three weekends. So that's also distracting people. Once NFL season finishes, what they've got nothing to distract them. So they're going to come, they'll be coming for you. If you can't get this done, it's going to be a massive stain on the owners. I'm going to play a little game. Uh-oh. It's, it's in honor of what they just did on Talking Baseball. Um, I'm looking at an article from MLB Trade Rumors, and they had a list of the top 50 MLB free agents this year, and they have um, the best free agents remaining off of that top 50 list. And I'm going to run through the first 10 names and you have to give your gut opinion of where they're going to land. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And like instant? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Clayton Kershaw. Texas Rangers. Anthony Rizzo. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. I'm going to have, a, I'm going to give an answer. If Freddie Freeman signs of the Braves, he's going to go to the Red Sox. Um, Anthony Rizzo to the, the Carlos Rodon. I said he's going to go back to the White Sox. I think they're trying to build something there, so he'll go back to the White Sox. I said five years because I was in the Rose rotation thing, but I think it's going to be a two-year deal. Okay. Kyle Schorber. He will go to either back to Chicago or... Hmm, who needs a bat? Everyone needs a bat. Back to Chicago. Maddie's thinking about this one. Where do you have him going, Maddie? It's funny that you asked me on this one because Jimmy and Jake had asked me in the office last week when I was there. And I also said to the Cubs as my gut reaction. But after I had thought about it more, I like him like to the Red Sox. It's easy. Like he was there. Just bring him back. 
he was hot for them. So just bring him back. Full disclaimer, I am giving my gut, not even thinking about reactions. So I'm glad that yeah. you were able to give you a fully thought out answer. But... Yeah. Love that for y'all. Nick Castellanos. Oh, he's going to be such a great pickup for. I've only seen him linked to one team. Detroit. Okay. Do you think that there's any chance that the Braves would sign him? Because right now, if you look at Fangraph's projected 2022 uh, rosters, they have Drew Waters starting in left, Christian Bay starting in the outfield because they lost. I mean, all of those guys, Rosario, uh, Duval, Duval. Soler. Oh, they have Duval? Yeah. Okay. You're right, though. They've lost some outfielders. And I haven't, I mean, he's just tied to the Marlins. Everybody has him going to the Marlins. But I've just been curious, especially if they were to lose Freddie. Obviously, I feel I like Freddie's bat better than Castellanos, but Castellanos is hello. Look at the season he had last year, the first half. Um, I would love that, by the way. I have not heard any of that like linked. That's just like my brain being like, Braves need an outfielder. And they might need to make a pretty big splash if they. Well, because nobody's talking to anybody, so there's no rumors, there's no nothing. It's just everybody going with their what they think is going to happen. So it's probably a more accurate depiction of what's actually might happen, <laughs> because yeah. we're not relying on on agents putting stories in in the media to make their players look like they're going to go sign somewhere else. Yeah. Okay, Trevor Story. Trevor Story will go to the Astros. Chris Bryant will go to the Giants or the Mariners. Probably the Mariners. Um, Jimmy had him going, oh, the Royals, and because his eyes. That was why he made that decision. His eyes would really that's, pop in the Royals. That's a beautifully well-thought-out answer. Um, Freddie. Fred. Carlos Correa. Jenkies. Oh. Korea to the Yankees. Even though he hates Derek Jeter. I can't wait to see all the Yankees fans having to, having, having to cheer for Carlos Correa as he's telling them that their favorite son was didn't deserve any gold gloves. That's what they talked about on this week. Did they? Talking baseball, yeah. I should listen to Talking Baseball more. Okay, it is time for our very last Aussie lingo segment in Australia, which truly has been a joy that we have been able to um, really make this full circle for us. We've been doing Aussie lingo in America, and then you got to do it in Australia. um, And DraftKings has been with us the whole time. They've been on this journey with us all over the world, all over the world. And the moment that we've been waiting for, folks, it's finally here. It's in honor of the big game. The Super Bowl. DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new numbers 56 to 1 odds on either team. If you bet just $5, you can get 280 in free bets if your team just wins. You just got to pick which team is going to win the game, which I don't know who I would take right now. Bengals, Rams. I feel like the company is going for the Rams. I am going for I'm Joe never Burrow. betting against Trev, so. I love Joe Burrow. Anyway, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning that you can bet from almost a third of the country, finally. So, But if it's not in your state yet, 
DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. You can play those for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with your first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code JOHNBOY, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That is promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Robo Maddie. 21 plus. <laughs> 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. Aussie lingo, baby. Let's get into it. Pete? Ridgy, Ridgy Didge. <laughs> Can you spell that? R-I-D-G-Y-D-I-D-G-E. Ridgy Didge. <laughs> Thingamabob. No. Are you trying to do another? Are you trying to pull? Are you trying to hit my Aussie lingo with an Aussie lingo of your own? <laughs> <laughs> you guess first, Maddie. I don't know this one. That's me. Ridgy Didge. This, <laughs> this is somebody that is not somebody, but you just say it when you get a paper cut. That's very it's, specific. It means paper. Cut. I thought. From the start of that sentence, I thought you were going to actually give this a, an actual thought, but you just... That's a great thought. I think you made some paper cut on multiple occasions of my Aussie lingo. Is that a thing? Do you get paper cuts a lot? No, but I don't, I don't remember doing that. Maybe I did. This one, I actually have reasoning. Like, dig is like digit. And I feel like a lot of languages use digit as a finger. So I was trying to think finger, ridgy, you know. I got a little. Oh, Lee, that's way too much thought. Kels, go. I'm thinking it means like if somebody has a screw loose, like if you're just like a little quirky. Close, but it actually means real or genuine. If something is rigid, dig, it is genuine or real. You like that one? Say it in a sentence now. I love it. I tell you what. No, no, it's more of a like a, a reaction. Are you being rigid, rigid dig? Serious? Like. Ridgy Ditch. My, Ridgy my, my just walked out in his uh, underwear, by the way. You want to see that? Further a bit of a... Are you being Ridgy Ditch right now? He just walked out in his underwear. I would not. Ridgy Ditch. Yeah. Ridgy Ditch. He just walked out in his jocks. Ridgy Ditch. Ridgy Ditch. Love that. Genuine article. What a great final Aussie lingo from Australia. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, guys. Well so much you, for Kels. watching. You know, we got and listening... We got through the 16-hour time difference. Pete and I are about to be back in the same state. We might even go to the same house one day. What a treat. What a treat. That'd be fun if we recorded together. Well, thank you guys so much for watching and for listening. We're going to get out of this lockout eventually, folks. We're going to do it. Single, if we don't, I'm bringing my clubs up to New York and we'll get <clears> it taken care of. We love y'all. He's going to take care of it. Farm on. Farm often. We will see you next Tuesday.
Wednesday. That's a bad word in. It's <laughs> a bad word in Australia. Wednesday. These air on Wednesdays, not Tuesdays. Not Tuesday. What? Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Strong. <laughs> Good finish. <laughs>